the healing intelligence is something that's always within us and is always accessible. And psychedelics are just very powerful tools that help us to remember that or reconnect with that intelligence and be a lot less in our head. Because I think that's the main problem for a lot of people on their healing path is that what is actually in, in the way is kind of that we are a lot here in our heads. And it's actually about learning to bring our awareness back to our bodies and, you know, reconnecting with our heart. It's not only about experiencing that in a psychedelic experience, but then actually reintegrating and becoming that and starting to live our lives from that way uh, in the day to day. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Psychedelic Conversations. Today with me I have a returning guest and a very popular guest, Sanne Ham. Thank you so much for being here. Hey Susan, yeah, it's great to be back. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, your shorts have been the most popular, I have to say. Um, it's been really, really uh, impactful, especially the one which we will get into after. But for our listeners, just want to give a quick context around who you are so they can connect with you. So Sanaham is a trauma-informed holistic therapist, an artist, and an entheogenic guide. So Sana and I go back a long way, way back. So we met probably around five years now, I can't remember, but very long time ago. Maybe even more, yeah. Probably longer than that. So so we met quite a while ago and both of us kind of like went into this holistic therapy space more intensely, I think more focused and more intentionally. And um, I always love having you back, Sanne, just because you're one of those people that I can have the real, true, authentic conversations and that that you contain and you're one of those people that I I see in the psychedelic space especially psychedelic medicine space as someone who's really coming in with a lot of integrity intentionally and also um leading the way with more authenticity than you know sometimes it's hard to see so for that I want to say thank you for all the work that you're doing because especially you're uh, for me you're an example you're leading by example among the young people because you are a really a younger uh, you know generation of working with uh, medicines and in that creative space and and because you know some of us that are uh, 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 a little bit older as you can imagine and you're probably witnessing it already there is a lot of baggage there is a lot of healing to be done there is a most of us, like from my generation, a bit older, we seem to come into it with like ready to lay down the templates, the old conditioning and old operating patterns and systems. And 
you know, coping mechanisms. Like there is a lot that we want to lay down and move away from and move forward with our lives. But for, for you and your generation and younger people, they also want to bring the creativity. They, because they, they are still in the beginning of their lives and they still want to thrive and create, you know, be creative and, and travel and uh, experience life still they're very much in the beginning so i think um you're a gift in that sense because you understand this and you're always in that creative space um i follow you i, I follow your post and there is all this consistency in leading the way authentically so i want to say thank you yeah <laughs> thank you very much um yeah and i believe it, one of the most important values to have i think on this path is authenticity right but because what is very powerful about is when we're getting into like the work with medicine and with psychedelics what is most powerful i believe is that it brings us back in touch with our truth and not truth in the sense of okay like factual truth but it actually brings us in touch with our authentic truth, but also even kind of beyond that, right? Um, and um, yeah, so I love also kind of writing about that process and kind of turning it into art. So there are many different ways. And that's what I always like to share. Yeah, yeah. Also, just to give a little bit more introduction to our listeners um just to say by the way your third time guest now so we will link the first and the second conversation we had uh, for our listeners if they enjoy this conversation they can check out the other ones that we had together so um just briefly what brought you to this work yeah so actually my path or the work that i do wasn't planned at all so I didn't really know it ahead of time. Um, so like you already mentioned, I began this path quite young. Um, so I already started facilitating psychedelic sessions probably around five or four years ago. So in my early 20s. Um, and before working with psychedelics and medicine, I already did a lot more deeper inner work. So I think initially more the holistic healing path started really with me for like first eating healthy foods uh, movement uh, I got really into crossfit and very deep into inner child work and it's also kind of how I started working more as a trauma-informed therapist really diving deep into childhood trauma and I kind of became the awareness of the impact of trauma came more through my own personal experiences. Uh, so when I, and I shared it in previous episodes. So when I was 18 years old, I had a near-death experience and a heart attack. So it kind of was really a very strong wake-up call. And I had a, what you would call like a, a mystical experience or out-of-body experience. And that completely changed my perspective on reality and um on life on death on healing um so it really opened me up to asking different questions in life and then finding like uh natural ways uh to heal so i was very uh fortunate to then heal from that heart attack within one year um and then it was always and i think that's kind of how i can best describe my path is like one thing led to the next 
Um, so I, so kind of after kind of going more into holistic health, you can say I went more into trauma for therapy because I then discovered I was still struggling from anxiety and post-traumatic stress. And it kind of, through those experiences, it's almost like everything in my life that I hadn't fully processed and experienced and kind of everything we kind of stuff away. And uh, it all started to surface again. So then um, I was called to work for with like um, trauma informed modalities that help us to integrate these traumas. And then um, after I completed the training in that, then I was um, asked to go to a psilocybin retreat. Um, so it was already years later and um, then I said yes and that's where I also met Alison Carey who founded A Whole New High and after having my first experiences with psilocybin it was very powerful for me and um, yeah it was, it was really incredible experience and I got really fascinated with it and then later also Alison and Carey uh, were wanted to train me also in uh, psilocybin therapy um, uh, because they were kind of looking for someone to join their team. And I did. So uh, so it wasn't planned at all. I was asked for it and I kind of went along with the opportunity and I fell really in love with the work. I'm also someone who really loves to travel. So I've traveled a lot uh, over the years and also learned from different uh men and women who work with medicine um yeah so it's kind of i really love to explore so for me just i go and explore and then things and opportunities come out of it and um yeah that's kind of leads me in very short uh story kind of to where i am today um yeah mm -hmm. there's a lot to it <laughs> yes of course there's always isn't there that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, now, being in the space for a while, let's. Uh, I think it'll be a, an amazing sort of if we open a thread to just overview. What are you seeing in the latest psychedelic renaissance? So it's called, as you know. So we are experiencing the psychedelic renaissance, which just means that the um, you know, return of the psychedelic medicines, the plant medicines into the mainstream again, and which is very powerful because we have this research, the medical model, there is the clinical model, there is the um, the corporate, there is the Western, there is the indigenous, there's so many things are coming all at once. And in this noise, like, what are your observations? Like, I think it would be lovely to review what's going on in this current climate of these medicines um yeah I, i've seen a massive shift um i think if we would see like kind of the process of about five years if we would kind of look back at it um what i love about the change and the shift it's like it's so much more well known um so in the beginning i would you know people were not part of that scene at all and with psychedelics they would have no clue what you were talking about if you mentioned psychedelics and healing and now, and I think especially Michael Pollan's work has played, I think, a huge role. And also, of course, the John Hopkins studies and then later also in London. Um, so what I've seen is that it's really entering now the mainstream. 
And I think on one hand, it's a beautiful thing because it comes more accessible to people and more people know about it who otherwise, you know, don't read scientific researches and or are more in like the spiritual communities. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I would also say that it also brings with it its challenges, like everything. I think everything has a light side and has more shadow side to it. Um, so, yeah, what well, what it's difficult for me to really do like one big uh, bird's eye view because I mainly work more in the retreat space. So that's kind of where I can speak most of of my own experience. And what I've seen is that. Um, yeah, it, it's almost like in the beginning, the people that came to us, it, they had this, really this fascination uh, more, I think, with psychedelics or the way the mind works, or they were like fascinated with neuro, neuro, neurology. And um, often people also, of course, uh, also had like mental issues or emotional issues or addictions or things that they wanted to work through and heal. But there was almost it, it felt more like there it was this deep calling uh to the medicine and i think now because it's more in like netflix series and a lot of books and a lot of interviews and a lot of information out there where it's like the solution um and it's kind of presented as that and i don't think that's because it's not done in a good way i think the producers and the people who write um uh really have well intentions um i think that and that's often what i also explain to clients that come to me is that when we're watching a documentary of like an hour and a half what we're seeing is we're seeing highlights of people's psychedelic experiences and also that the people that are being picked for those interviews of course have the most fascinating experiences so it's not like the people who create these documentaries they do kind of portray a real image of what is really possible with these medicines um and also it can give still um kind of a view on psychedelic that doesn't completely translate to reality in the sense of the diversity of the experience so that's i think something i would hope to see more um and that's what i'm trying to do, see like how diverse these experiences can be so that can be that for example like you mentioned before like people are older and they have very strong coping mechanisms and they've been disconnected from feeling and like being in control for a very long time and they do that for well reasons right in order to stay safe and we live in a very stressful world um, with a lot of pressure but then maybe the first experience you're not allowed to go as deep as you saw in a documentary um, and uh, to know that that's something that's very common um, as well so what I would like to see more of is definitely to give a little bit more of a diverse perspective um instead of only showing like the highlights and i think that's kind of a problem with media now in general right we're seeing the peaks but not as much uh more the depth or more the nuance that is to it um 
And I would also say that I'm someone who always really focuses a lot on my own thing and my own process. So I am kind of less someone who's like focused on everything and knows the newest things that's kind of going on in the psychedelic field. Uh, I really like to focus on more the process, like I mentioned before, more the embodiment of the insights I receive and my experiences or the people that I know and who are also doing this work to kind of have open conversations about. Um, yeah. And yeah, this is a yeah, yeah, this is a beautiful observation. Uh, it's a beautiful observation. Um, these are the conversations we need to have be having right now. I love that you said uh, the Netflix. Let's, for example, take Netflix uh, documentary series from Michael Pollan. As you said, it's a beautiful documentary uh, to bring it to people. Um, but the, what we need to do as people in the space is to now bring the education. Education to, to tell people that, okay, this is great, but don't focus on the highlights of those experiences that you're seeing. And also, again, which is a really big one, you said those people are handpicked. They obviously, they are also trying to make a, a thrilling documentary series, right? So there has to be a, a, some kind of like, it gives into the, the hype somehow. It's still entertainment, mm -hmm. you know? And even if it's like conscious entertainment, so I think it's a lot better of all the things that are mm -hmm. out there. And I really love Michael Pollan's work, you know? Mm -hmm. It's nothing, it has nothing to do with him and his work, but it's kind of just how the entertainment industry, even like conscious inter entertainment, it's kind of how it works. So it, it, And when we look at that and we know that, so we have the awareness, okay, I'm looking at highlights and I'm looking at peaks, um, then we can still enjoy it and, and we can still learn a lot from it. Um, but it will, like I said, it won't then create false expectations. And I think that's the shadow side. What I sometimes see is that because of all those highlights, it can create false expectations. And then when those expectations are not being met, um, most of the time people actually internalize that and make it something about them. Okay, because a lot of people that come to psychedelic therapy often have tried a lot of different therapies or uh, there can be this core wounding of there's something wrong with me or this is not going to work for me. So when then the experience doesn't unfold as they expect, then sometimes um, those expectations can kind of get in the way. Uh, instead of seeing yeah. that every experience is unique, every human being is unique where we are. Uh, some of us are very open and sensitive. So that's what you see a little bit more with the younger generation, especially people are already more creative and sensitive. Um, and it can be that for the older generation or people that, you know, that have very difficulty accessing their feelings and emotions that, okay, maybe the first experience is not going to be that a peak experience, but still it can be incredibly valuable. And I think the most important thing I like sharing is that we need to kind of let go of the idea that something externally is going to fix you. Uh, so we often, we can do this in relationships. We, uh, we can, and we're also kind of now doing it with psychedelic medicine. So we're kind of 
expecting something, I'm going to put this in my body and then it's going to kind of do the healing for me. And like a part of it is true. Like when we're having a meta medicine experience, you're receiving healing, right? Because medicine is what uh, brings about healing and wholeness. So it, these are very powerful tools that can help us to undergo a healing process and kind of return to or remember our inherent wholeness in many different ways. Only what it's doing, what it's activating is something that is inherently already within you. So I think that's the gift that I have from not beginning my healing journey with psychedelics is that, and also through my near-death experience and things like that, is I already discovered that the healing intelligence is something that's always within us and is always um, accessible. And psychedelics are just very powerful tools that help us to remember that or reconnect with that intelligence and be a lot less in our head because I think that's the main problem for a lot of people on their healing path is that what is actually in in the way is kind of that we are a lot here in our Mm -hmm. heads and it's actually about learning to bring our awareness back to our bodies and um, you know reconnecting with our heart and it's not only about experiencing that in a psychedelic experience, but then actually really integrating and becoming that and starting to live our lives from that way uh, in the day-to-day. And sometimes there's not really that. I don't really see that translation because it's still coming from a little bit like the pharmaceutical models. Like, okay, you're okay if this problem, so you're going to take this and that will then probably solve it. But that's just reality, I think, is a bit more complex than that. And it's also, I think, way more beautiful um, because it means that not even everyone has to take psychedelics. Um, I think it's it's also really kind of looking a little bit further um, and, and expanding your mind beyond that. And that's actually what I've learned a lot through traveling and learning from different indigenous cultures or people who don't work with psychedelics but other healing modalities um and i'm really grateful to have learned that because when we look at that it's not like people just take psychedelics or medicine it, it it's always the way you start living your life and uh i prefer working with um natural medicine so come from the earth um so a wonderful way already is and that's what had really helped me to integrate that into my life is really spending more time in nature really slowing down um focusing a lot more on the creative process because psychedelics can open it too um so knowing that there and then we can access those states even without needing something externally and of course, it's a process and there's nothing wrong with needing something uh, at certain yeah. parts of our process, but not making that everything or projecting so much onto it, um, because often our projections kind of can get in the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think the the relationship to the Western model needs to like we can't bring that western model 
into the psychedelic medicine space because there is a a process and there is a relational process like we need to allow ourselves to build that relationship with the medicine the choice of the medicine that you know the individual is working with and the western model of like having that you know pharmaceutical approach of you have a problem you take something i think <clears throat> we need to have a lot of you know work done on that area to change our relationship with the medicines of course uh, the the plant medicines so and also like uh, understanding the connection to our own healing intelligence internal this is where we have the most you know challenge because um somehow again the environment is not supporting that belief so the environment is actually driving us further away from that belief therefore the consumerism the way that we outsource everything we need is still very dominant in the psychedelic space that i see like outsourcing whatever we need instead of um the realization or the acceptance of like we can get to a place with our own efforts and our own commitment our devotion our connection or or cultivating that connection somehow this is now becoming the most challenging and unknown um process for us in the living in the western model right and what i loved earlier you said something about um entertainment versus you know embodiment like understanding how they affect us for me it's always been that medicines show us where to start the work it's not that we take them and they do the work but it's actually they kind of help us to open that window of seeing and then realizing where the work needs to begin uh often than not my biggest you know challenge or that i i'm trying to bring more to the conversation which is very challenging is that the medicines help us to be better navigators in the mundane life like it's not the other way around and somehow because it involves mystical experiences transpersonal and it involves uh non-ordinary states and conscious evolution of our consciousness right somehow we have abandoned or somehow not everyone this is not just generally speaking for the sake of this conversation i meet so many people that um they just not want to be here anymore like they can't be here in this world because you know look we're living in this post pandemic era things are not easy economical relationship wise um as a parent you know as a sibling as someone's kid you know it's not easy like we've been challenged and kind of pressured in all kinds of various ways and you know my intention always is okay can we you know use the medicines to actually become better at what is challenging us here in here you know we don't need to go to 5D we don't have to transcend this body or that that we are the human and we we you know the spiritual aspect of it as well uh it's almost like um 
validating that disconnection already that's already been there you know could be a trauma response like one of the again another big challenge that i try to bring more conversation to is that dissociation for years and years of like practiced uh, ingrained dissociation it can be the validating thing in the psychedelic space where people are instead of coming back into their lives and owning parts of their lives and improving it's like it just validates more of the transcending it or escaping from it or you know we can use all these words but i think you understand what i mean it's like almost um validating that thing in the first place that you know you didn't want to be here you didn't want to feel it you didn't want to face it the confrontation is like a big like no go area and and we just want to drink more medicine and escape drink more medicine and escape rather than be in the body and face challenges head on so these are like my my current um observations in this in the medicine space and of course you know having these conversations might open up spaces for people to hear something or or acknowledge or resonate at least but um one of the latest content that i've been listening around trauma which really resonated with me as well coming from that kind of background is um people you know coming back to dissociation you know uh somehow the medicines can take us to our early stages stages or, or earlier states of dissociation when we go through these you know freeze you know in the face of trauma or or perceived hostile environment or perceived you know unsafe or unpredictable environment that children end up growing up in so the only way to numb things down calm things down and control is like to freeze to dissociate so um as soon as people come into the medicine space with that kind of response same thing same thing it's like almost um bringing more conversations around these kind of things that manifest that not necessarily is a good thing it's actually indication that we could look and break it down and start to work with these things so i'm sure you probably have something to say since um you have the therapeutic angle in working with medicines do you see those kind of experiences do you see do you meet those kind of clients where they come in and then all of their trauma responses are amplified rather than um you know becoming conscious and uh, consciously becoming aware of those because uh, it's hard to get to that place on our own so one of the reasons that i highly recommend like a, a therapist that understands and knows these territories on a psychotherapeutic angle to point out these little things that could create shifts and then the breakthroughs and then the understanding so i'm sure you have something to say on that sangren yeah so first of all doing it really what psychedelics do they also amplify really what's within us so like i said on the one hand it's why it's very powerful tools for us to reconnect with our truth because for but on the other hand it what's also stored in our bodies is also trauma right so it can also bring up um old traumas right so then what actually happens in the experience is not necessarily that people have a mystical experience but they really become aware 
of the things they've had suppressed because what we're doing in a psychedelic experience, we're opening up the door to our unconscious, right? And beforehand, we don't really know what we're going to find when we uh, open up the unconscious. So that's why it's always important to go in well prepared in the sense of like, I really know what I'm doing. And knowing that older trauma resurfacing, that is a possibility. Um, but then in that case, it's happening for you because it's already impacting someone's life. Um, but then it happens more on an unconscious level. So what I sometimes see is that because we're not really well educated around what is trauma and what is childhood trauma, that most people, especially people a little bit older of age, because my generation is already a little bit more opened up to it, I find from my experience, that we can assume that we have had a really good childhood and then maybe on the outside it looks like that we had a really good childhood but actually there was still a lot of pain or a lot of loneliness there or a lot of things that were abuse that we didn't really think as abuse at all um so i think in those cases it's more common for that to really shock someone for example uh so that's why it's always very then recommended to work with a therapist who has an understanding of trauma and to touch more upon the other thing that you mentioned this was more about i think the spiritual and the dissociation so i think the first thing is that the problem is and i see it especially in western culture we have a really kind of like and this is something that i really discovered lately a really kind of misunderstanding of what spirituality is Right. So what what I, what I think has kind of happened and, and it's kind of connected to kind of like the first wave and now the second wave. So what we already saw in the first wave is kind of like more, I think, the wave of Buddhism and yoga and also psychedelics. But and now you see maybe more what different indigenous, like a wave of indigenous culture, especially like more uh, like uh, the cultures in Central America and South America are now really kind of coming to us and it's beautiful but it's not really integrated so the thing same thing you saw kind of in the first wave is that that okay we're now having kind of these new practices or these new things or that are very interesting and fascinating or understandings that transcendence and all these different things but because it's almost again brought in like the western commercialized way we don't really have an understanding of what it actually is and what i mean by that is that the knowledge is not really embodied so we just have all this information and things or all these products or all these people that come and share about these experiences but it's not really embodied and so i think we see that kind of mirrored back to us in the psychedelic experience so that's also kind of more linked to dissociation so what that means is that we can go out of body and have an experience where of a dissolution of the ego um so we're kind of immediately one with everything or uh, we meet uh, different guides or there are so many different experiences that we can have in an out-of-body experience. Um, and what is then very important is afterwards the grounding process. And this is also something that I experienced uh, very strongly before even I tried psychedelics with my near-death experience. Like I had no clue about that. 
like I suddenly had this understanding of what you say of of the universe and all these different truths were downloading all the time um but what was very important and that's a huge process was then I had to kind of really ground so even if we think about concepts of the 5d for example um when we look at when we look at different dimensions it's not literally like we're going to another place or uh, things suddenly are going to look different if you for example look at uh five dimension it's actually just living from the heart so living in the heart frequency so it's not about okay suddenly we're no longer going to have problems there it's like an absence of conflict because we're living in this reality so i think one thing is very important is to focus a lot more on grounding and also when we talk about psychedelics like okay integration but really integration align kind of and grounding really bringing those two together and um because for example when we have a very deep spiritual experience and what can happen because it can be very powerful beautiful experience that we want to go back right so then instead of really integrating and processing and really coming back to kind of the mindfulness saying of chop wood and carry water and really focusing on our daily life or kind of really um coming back to kind of the things that ground us in life is then that, we can really is that what you mean by grounding because you know grounding can be in itself like a very um unreachable complex concept for many people like what does that mean what does grounding mean do you know what i mean this is like another yes, no, one i can understand so i think the easiest way to say it is is grounding i would see as growing your roots um to kind of symbolize and what i mean by that is so what happens also and this is also linked to dissociation so why people dissociate is because they don't feel safe in this earth so grounding what is very important part of our grounding is that we really feel safe in this earth in this reality in this world where we're living because if we don't feel safe here where are we going to go we're going to go to and maybe another place where it's in our imagination or um it's another psychedelic experience or a substance use what we're doing we're just finding a place and a place and a state is very aligned for us as human beings because our mind can travel so then we're kind of going and seeking that but which actually is the, which is the escapism right i mean yeah. if if it's done unconsciously if it's uh, if it's not um brought the the uh, conscious awareness one can continually you know a lot of people don't get me wrong a lot of people that experience big experiences of of psychedelic medicine they say who would want to come back and do this again like who does that who would want to who would want to sit in an ayahuasca ceremony every weekend who does that people do that and uh, that's because um that's because psychedelic medicines responds to the container and the intentional work and and the level of um conscious awareness i think uh, one of my you know observations that these medicines they they respond to the container being container being the person uh where they are at their evolutionary journey and where they are in their conscious awareness self awareness so yes people do 
this is real. This is happening. People do go and sit every weekend on a ceremony of ayahuasca or, or even multiple, like a multiple uh, different medicines of ayahuasca, San Pedro, and then mushrooms. And then in between, try a bufo, maybe squeeze a cambo as well. This is real. Like this is happening. And what this tells us, like you said, if you haven't understood your intention, why are you working with this medicine in the first place? What is the goal? Is it because you can't be in your body? You can't be here. You can't be in your reality. Therefore, you're seeking another reality to fit in, right? Uh, like you said, like these experiences can be another opening for people to escape this uncomfortable state that they don't like. I, I meet so many people, Sana, they just say, I'm, I'm not from this planet. I think I'm a, I'm a, well, you know, there's, uh, there's these concepts. Do you know what I mean? Starseed and all of that. Do you know what I mean? And I know what you mean. And, and actually, I like integrating the spiritual perspective with the earthly perspective. Mm-hmm. And what I really believe is that the number one problem is that a lot of people, especially sensitive and empathic people who would kind of resonate more with like you said being a star seed or um not being from this planet or a lot of different things is what it's really acknowledging that most people and i really know from being very highly sensitive it's like most highly sensitive people don't feel safe on this earth because we live in a society where there's a lot of trauma right so i think and that's what is very important also in the spaces where we do psychedelics in the first place that there are very safe spaces uh, because that already prevents things like that from happening um so it's i I think it's so important that we start to focus on really feeling safe in this earth and in this reality and there are some people that are very um you know, they, they they access different truth or they're, they're very aligned with different spiritual teachings and things like that. And I don't think actually there's anything wrong with that in itself. I think the problem is that a lot of people just don't feel safe in their body. And when you dissociate, you don't feel safe in your body. It's actually that simple. So I think that's where also where somatic healing uh, can be very helpful and more embodiment uh, practices where we really work with the body. So how can we really feel safe in a body in the here and now? And no matter what your story is of your life, of how you got here and things like that, it's about acknowledging and agreeing that we are all here to be here, to be present. And um, really being honest with yourself on where you're at, you know? So it means that some of us when you don't feel safe and I had this too is that you have the tendency to escape um so instead I think of just judging people that are escaping it's also seeing like okay where is this really coming from and another point that you touch upon and I experienced it too is that there can also be and I think especially this is more of my generation is that we want to belong And we have this really deep sense of wanting to belong and that a lot of us, we grow up in spaces that are very superficial and we kind of break free from that. And then we're looking for new spaces. And a lot of these people 
they end up in more spiritual communities or psychedelic circles and they finally have a feeling of belonging okay i can actually be vulnerable here and be authentic here uh, and that only becomes problematic when then a psychedelic space is actually the only space where you start to feel safe so again coming back to that safety so i think and i do want to mention one thing like sometimes people are on a medicine path where they you know uh, they really start to work deeply with the medicine and then they can have a lot of experiences in a short time um but then it's very intentional right it's very part of the path and i've also seen people do that then it's very in alignment but i've also seen it done where it's very out of alignment and you notice it you notice it immediately about how grounded someone is and how someone speaks about the medicine you can um, say that again like seriously um sana this is such a great point to make um so let's just clarify this because this is so important for us to mention again and again when somebody is doing their medicine work let's call it medicine work because i do believe whatever they are the psychedelic substance or plant medicines or psychedelic medicines all of them to me are powerful medicines that can alter our lives in an inst instant you know not all the time but most cases it does and you know you know someone who's doing their work authentically you always meet these people who are in the psychedelic space and you always can feel and spot the one that's always in their authenticity and they are doing this work really intentionally it's something about their energy it's something about their calmness it's something about their being they are hyper present with you they just you know they just stand out and then you have like a I'm generalizing again a lot of us a lot of the people who come into the space they just want to get to that image of you know we all carry this mental image of what where should we where should we be like in terms of healing in terms of success in terms of um achievement and we somehow chase that mental image desperately desperately you know engaging in all kinds of medicine all kinds of modalities not just psychedelic medicines but you know this as well there are so many circles that are happening now like new age spirituality is is on the rise and you always can spot as well when somebody is abusing these medicines and they're not really tapping into the authentic work so it's so revealing because there is somehow um all of us carry something in us that we can sense when someone is out of alignment like you said but would you say that sometimes you said you've seen people doing this out of in an out of alignment and do you think sometimes the need to belong overrides our cautiousness so deep down like we can end up in circles medicine circles that are out of alignment facilitated in a unsafe ways but people still kind of go there because belonging means more than what the anticipated harm can come from these places i don't know if that makes sense yeah that's makes sense i i think i do know what you mean so yeah i think first thing i think it's very sad that in our world we 
have so many so little safe spaces for people to go. Uh, I think that's the number one problem. So it's not even the problem of the individual, uh, but I think it's a huge societal problem. And that's just one expression of that. Um, so I think it's what is important is also to create safe spaces that have nothing to do with psychedelics um, or these things. Um, and yeah, and, and another problem is really spaces that are not uh, safe, right? So when we're doing it in spaces that are not safe, and I think most people, when they hold these ceremonies, are unconscious of it. It's not like ill intent. Um, but what can happen is there can also be like certain attachments can be created that are unhealthy. Uh, so it can also sometimes be that if a facilitator there is too much in maybe even a saving complex that they also create unhealthy attachment, like doing the healing for the individual, I mean, and not really allowing someone to step into kind of their own authority and their own sovereignty. Um, so they really remember, okay, I don't, I can, this is not like the own, because again, I think this is what we mentioned earlier, right? When uh, something externally becomes the source of your healing. Uh, so I think it's an expression of that too um yeah and and so there's a lot to it right so a lot of things when we look at um escapism it's a huge thing because i think a lot of people are suffering right now um so yeah so i do have a lot of understanding and also compassion for it you know because i think a lot of these individuals they really don't have any ill intent um, but we're also being fed like a lot of a little bit more narcissistic image through social media, where we're now kind of psychedelics is also more trendy. So again, it's a belonging, and it's kind of you see it more of younger people though. Is it kind of oh yeah, and I also have had it almost becomes again a thing, right? Uh, what used to be kind of the looks and the material items, it can now kind of shape shift into what seems more spiritual. Uh, but then it can still be not authentic and it can be someone else who's like really spiritual and devoted, but it's 100% authentic with them. So I think it's a lot less focusing on what is someone actually doing on the outside, but again, focusing on what is really happening within someone. And when you're, you know, a bit more sensitive, you can just feel that uh, with someone. So, but I would always meet it kind of with compassion and kind of um, always helping to see, helping people to see things in a, in a gentle way. Um, yeah. Because like most people, they don't really have ill intent. You no. know, it's like just, it's a very unconscious process. And we all have some forms of escapism or whatever it is. Um, but it is something that's really operating strongly in the psychedelic field. So I think it's important to be aware of that. Uh, too and also to say like it's also okay to let go of psychedelics because that's not something that's talked about very often i had it in i think it was november last year so probably more than three months ago uh, i had an incredibly beautiful powerful experience with psilocybin and in a beautiful ceremony incredibly well held and the intuition that I received then, it was like, this is going to be my last experience with psilocybin. And 
I noticed afterwards there was this like almost like this this this, this sadness there. I was like, but I love going in ceremony, and I don't think I was overdoing it. I was always keeping space in between. But even I had this moment where I was like, but I love going to these spaces and the ceremonies. And of course, I'm still part of ceremony facilitating. But it was very clear, like I don't have to take more psilocybin and I don't know if that's going to continue for like the rest of my life I don't know it's just very in this experience but it felt really like in that moment this is going to be my last experience like this uh, at least with psilocybin and I had this moment where I was like even with me it was kind of it becomes part of your identity so I think this is again what psychedelics actually teach us to let go also allowing us to go through these identity deaths and not holding too tight to anything. Um, so it can be that where you have a certain spiritual path or a certain maybe even academic path or uh, a certain profession at some point were asked to let go of that. And to then actually to really be in harmony with life and our authentic truth is to allow ourselves to let go of that. Um, and I think actually it strengthened afterward the way that I am able to facilitate because now I kind of have to embody mo even more that it's not just the medicine taking it because that was what the experience was all about. I, I experienced more than I could ever imagine possible with citizen and it was beautiful it was the most beautiful thing and i'm still integrating it that's how long an integration process can be sometimes it's three months sometimes six months sometimes even longer to really integrate something and i really had to be like you know uh, and what really came to mind was this kind of saying and i think it comes from alan watts it's kind of when um you know, when you you pick up the phone and you received a message, it's time to hang up the call. And I received a message of the medicine, what I everything that I could possibly kind of download from that experience. And then it was about okay, maybe I don't need another psychedelic experience. Um, I really love that you're talking to this. Um, gosh, I want to say so many things. Yeah, but I'm trying to be really mindful. Um, again, oh, if we look at the indigenous use of medicines, right? There's a reason why the elders, there's a, there's a concept of elders, there's a concept of, you know, like a generation coming into medicine. And it's like, it's like the way we go on right now in this, you know, Western model. It's almost like that that consumerism is so triggered. It's almost like the medicines are going to just finish. We're not going to take enough or we're not going to have enough. Or it's like there is this urgency or there is this constant need to take more and more and more like we do with everything, right? But if we look at how the indigenous people have incorporated medicine into their lives, it's like they bring the medicine into their lives, but not just in one decade of their lives. It's like it's over the period of their life, entire life. You know, the Mazatec tribes, for example, initiation of the five-year-olds. When I heard that, I was like, wow, this is interesting. 
imagine talking about this in the Western model, talking to any parent in the West, imagine, you know, your child undergoing an initiation with mushrooms at the age of five, right? It's like in the Western model, we have reduced this thing to this one particular stage of our lives. And, and in that time period, like we just consume, 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 consume. And yet, if we look at the other ways of working with the medicines, like I spoke to a really lovely guest and he said, before the, the, the medicine elder allows the person to commune, again, another key word, like commune, we don't just take and eat. Uh, there is a commune for me is like there is a relationship, there's a harmony, there's a preparation, like there's, there's a whole found fundamental foundational aspects to this before you get to that point of ingesting the medicine so he had to do all kinds of other things he had to fast do other mindfulness practices he had to do a lot of uh, cultivating relationship with the nature he had to do all kinds of detoxing cleansing in the watch, but in a container where there was a watchful eye of the elder who understands the process. And then when he was ready, then he was able to take the medicine. And, and this might be um, spread out the entire life of that person. You know, they might commune with the medicine in their early younger days and then adolescence, and then as they become a young adult, and then you know. Even I remember from my my native friend who's a facilitator of ayahuasca, for example, she's an ayahuasca baby. She always says, I'm an ayahuasca baby. And I'm like, what does that mean? She <laughs> said, um, when my parents couldn't conceive, they, you know, my mother sat with an ayahuasca. So can you see how they use medicines in in respect to their um challenges, like in a, a as an ally? You know, you're suffering from a, a ailment or condition or something. It's time to sit with the medicine. You know, there is something going on. It's time to sit with the medicine. And it's not like um, how we do it. Like we just keep, keep taking, keep taking. You know, there is this, again, this is the consumerism part of the Western model. Uh, completely like also justifying under the healing or... The most dangerous one I know is happening now is the entrepreneurs who just wants to crack the code to become more successful and be more financially free through the help of psychology, which is insane. Um, I heard so many retreats and different things are happening around the world uh, facilitating this kind of intention. You and I, we both know that psychedelic medicines do not agree with those kind of things and they don't care and they don't care about how much money you want to make you know this is my observation anyway and this is like this the space that i'm coming from and they never agree and they don't care and they don't entertain those kind of intentions of becoming more successful you know cultivating more money more material stuff they don't, they don't care about things like that. And so these are the challenges. So I think you understand what I mean by um, integrating medicine into the life of the person 
and respecting them as an ally, as a, um, you know, help that we seek when we need them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, and, and it's because that's actually what we need. We actually need elders. And when you look or feel into an elder, it has a very anchoring energy. And I think my generation and there are exceptions, of course, you know, uh, and I know elders like that, but it's so rare. So why are these young people escaping all over the place? It's because we don't have that energy here, maybe in Europe or like in, in different places where we live, that, that really anchoring energy. Like, you know, when something is off, you know, in our world, it's a place where we can go to. So I, I think it's... It's very important is creating more safe spaces and not limiting yourself to a subculture, mm -hmm. you know, um, because that can happen with psychedelics. It may become a subculture. And I've had moments where I kind of felt like, okay, this is really the subculture, but I always felt like something was a little bit off, you know? So, um, and then it's again going back to belonging is really you find belonging naturally when you're really authentic. Um, and sometimes it can also be moments where you stand alone. And there are really great lessons in there too. Um, but yeah, like it, it can be, I think it would be beautiful to see if we would even zoom out more. How would it, that's what I like doing. Like, what would it be like in like 30 years? For 50 years when we think of this psychedelic movements instead of being in this very consumer culture of kind of the next few months next year and i can notice all these thinking patterns in myself too um because we're kind of part of that culture so it influences us too but i think it's very important to really catch ourselves when we go back into the rush into the more 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 and to say, no, this is enough. And it all comes back to the core belief of, or I am enough the way I am. And, you know, like even, you know, when people more in indigenous cultures and practices, even though people can, you know, go to medicines or to these uh, medicine circles for like certain like healing or things like that. But actually the healing instead of like the fixing okay, there's something wrong with me. I need to go find something to fix me. That's something very, I think, in our culture. Yes. That mm -hmm. very internalized, that, that mm -hmm. really taking it very personal. Um, and that's incredibly different because otherwise it's just, okay, healing is just, okay, I'm going to, again, reconnect with that wholeness within me and, and to kind of, you know, hand over my problems and my things instead of just having to figure it out on my own um and that is very different like fixing often it's almost like this idea of okay i have to get rid of something that's wrong with me and then we're completely forgetting everything that contributed to that pattern or to that thing as we see as an illness in the first place um yeah, and then we're kind of fighting life and ourselves. You know, we're in constant conflict. Um, 
Yeah, and there was actually one um, indigenous elder from the Indian tradition, and he said, like, as long as you're in your head, in your mind, you're always in conflict, always. And only when you kind of really come back to your heart, then you can really feel and experience that everything is as it is, you know, and as it is supposed to be. And um, and he said, like, we have one heart, maybe like two brain hemispheres. So it's as long as we're, and I think that's the problem is that we can be in our heads a lot, trying to figure things out on a mental level and or kind of then become like a dog chase, chasing its own tail, not getting yeah. anywhere. Um, because those answers are not found by the mind. And we just sometimes need to turn off the switch. Um, yeah. And that's actually what is really powerful. Um, because sometimes yeah. I even say like the brain is just like a computer. We just have to turn it off and turn it back on again. And a lot of the problems will naturally solve themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, psychedelics can help us to turn off that switch, which can be very hard for a lot of people, which is understandable. Um, but it's not going to magically fix everything. Um, yeah. No. And, uh, yeah, so I guess if we were to do, like, a show on Psychedelics 101, like, if we were to strip all of these information that's been shared and there's like the misconceptions, the miseducation, misleading information on what they are. I think if we were to, I know just like general speaking again, I know it's not that simple, but let's say if we try to strip it down to the the, the bare minimum of what we're dealing with here, what, what can we do in order to uh, maybe receive more uh, lasting benefits I'm hearing from what you're saying as well. The recognition of the lack of belonging in our society is huge. Step one, like really acknowledging this fact. It is a fact. That's probably why, I mean, you probably know about the book, Hold On To Your Kids, right? It wasn't written for no reason. And in that book, a lot has been said that if a child don't feel or perceive like they belong to the family, they'll go and find another place, another family, friends that um, different places, like you said, uh, to belong to. So the fact that, you know, we all seek that belonging in the Western world is so important. And then creating safe spaces and conditions, like deliberate conditions that can allow people to crack open from these conditions and come out from these you know deep deeply deeply ingrained uh you know ways of thinking like templates for example and then maybe um have a lot of people like all the generational elders if there is any or influences that i have have done enough uh, authentic work to know how to anchor the the you know the, the generation that's coming into this space of healing or transformation or the spiritual work because it's not necessarily healing because healing is also um i always believe that the, the intentional healing process also brings about the the organic spiritual growth it's kind of like the byproduct like we don't need to seek spiritual 
because if I mean you can I mean if you seek the spiritual path it was a healing path and then you seek the healing path then you become spiritual it's like you know it's all hand in hand it kind of goes hand in hand and I think once we kind of clarify these kind of conditions and then the medicine the last this is what I'm hearing and I think this would be for now for me it satisfies my you know the way I feel about what's going on out there and and how we can you know start to um, bring about more coherent integrations experiences and understanding like for example when you said the last experience of your psilocybin experience was for example there was an innate knowing that that might be the last time right that should be okay either way there is nothing wrong with feeling that way and there's nothing wrong with never taking them again because we can even translate it as okay maybe for now maybe 20 years down the line somewhere in a different stage of her life things might change but that's okay too right it's about more about you know uh coming out of that consumerism mindset stepping away taking a step back and just spending more time integrating and understanding and 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 be curious actually about ourselves rather than um, what next experience will give me but what can I do for myself now that I've had this experience, right? Um, sometimes forcing it doesn't help. You know, sometimes people force, force, force. What is it? What is it? What is my block? What is it that I can't see? Why am I in this, you know, state? Like I feel stuck. I feel frustrated. I feel overwhelmed and I'm suffering and there's lots of challenges. And I'm sad, like these are the common, common, you know, responses. And I must find out why. So I will keep taking medicine till I know why. Yeah. Like yeah. These, these are the dangers that I see again and again. Yeah. yeah. And it's also knowing that's all part of the human experience. Right. So there we will always. And of course, it's not about staying there and dwelling in it for too long, but we all have moments where we're stuck or where we experience doubt or all these different things. And I I think what becomes problematic is when we start to identify too much with it. Because then we kind of create a story around the feeling or the experience that is actually very temporary. And, you know, so I've also seen that it's actually, I think, people are already aware of um you know like a different therapeutic understandings and um you know maybe even with shadow work and psychedelic work is that that we didn't constantly focus on what is the next thing that we need to fix ourselves and it's kind of you know almost like that like you said the consumer mentality and bringing that more into the therapeutic space um yeah so i think it's it's only someone themselves can know if something is in alignment or if it's not if if, if like an another psychedelic experience is really what they need or not but i think what is very important is that we create a practice like a daily practice where 
We learn to be really honest with ourselves. And for me, that has been really writing. And it's very interesting now that I'm writing my uh, first book, which is probably going to be published more towards probably fall this year. Still a lot more work to be done. But what is so interesting is when I'm reading back all my journals over the years. And there were so many moments where I was in doubt, so many moments where I was stuck or in fear. And But what I can now see from like looking back at it over a period of like seven years is like I see, okay, these, these are actually moments. And while it's happening, you think like I'm stuck and it's just going to be like this. And um, But what you notice is that, you know, a lot of things they natu- naturally um resolve themselves and it again getting back to what i said before it's like when we stay in our minds uh, like in our head we'll always be in conflict so sometimes what we need is not another psychedelic experience we just need to learn to get back into our bodies and into our hearts uh, reconnect with nature uh, with people we feel safe with and yeah, and maybe also another psychedelic experience when the time is right. Uh, but I think it's most honest to learn to be really honest with ourselves. Like, when is it healthy or when is it kind of becoming unhealthy? And not bringing more judgment to it, um, but seeing like, okay, you know, why am I not fully feeling safe? Or why do I think that only a psychedelic can help me with this? And then questioning, is this really true? You know, so it's also learning to question the beliefs that we hold. Um, yeah. That's wonderful. Such a beautiful way of uh, eloquently putting it all together. Thank you, Sanne. This has been really, really beautiful. Uh, I feel like this was our catch-up call somehow. We have <laughs> listeners to our catch-up call. Um hope to you know have you back again and again because i just see you're growing every time we speak there's more there's more uh, there is a organic and consistent evolution happening here um your insights are kind of beyond your years which i really appreciate and uh, before i let you go what would you like to say if a young person just discovered the psychedelic medicines and also this path let's say coming from your own experience like what would you say to them the young people in this space now to the young people to everyone but to everyone but mostly young yeah yeah what i've really learned and this is something i really learned to the creative process is that we make ourselves really responsible for a lot of things that are not our responsibility. And especially the younger generation, we do this a lot because of the state the world is in, right? Like the earth and everything. And what I learned is the most important thing is to listen, to show up and allow. So when we walk that path and we do it every day, we just listen we show up for what is important to us and we actually allow and then for me in the creative process just allowing the creative intelligence to move through me 
or to allow like the wisdom of nature or uh, whatever the process looks like. But I think it's really important to say like life is a co-creation and it's not all your responsibility or when something negative happens, it doesn't mean you have done something wrong because we now see a lot of teachings that it's like you create your own reality. And I, you know, of course, there's truth in, you know, that our thoughts, our feelings and our actions, of course, influence the reality that we live in. It's remembering life is a co-creation and kind of your part of the contract is just to listen, to show up and allow and create a lot of space for listening. Um, and it's far more important than knowing it all. It's actually the ability to listen. Um, yeah. That's so powerful. Thank you so much. Hmm. Reminds me of that um, story. I think, I can't remember, was it Dr. Martis spoke to this? He said, um, do you know, in the Western model, there is this individ individualism is really kind of, pushed and kind of there's a lot of drivers around why you know this whole um self-empowerment which is great like this individualistic um approach to living that's fine as well uh there's nothing wrong with that but i think somehow the it's been ingrained in us that you you know we must prove ourselves to the world like we must take everything on our shoulder and you know, we need to achieve all these big, crazy things and live a legacy, like all these, you know, conditionings. And he was talking to, uh, uh, there was, they did a study uh, around these uh, communities. You know, he, people who actually live in communities that are embrace the community life. They interviewed them individually and they asked them questions that they had to answer like they had to think about themselves as this individual person and the answers had to come from their own individual, you know, insights and, and, and how they perceive themselves. And they didn't go far with that kind of research that they didn't, they didn't get too far because um, they just didn't, um, uh, you know, uh, collaborate. They didn't just collaborate, but they also thought this was embarrassing. Yeah. And it, let alone, collaborating in the study they just thought this was embarrassing like for them to make it all about them and it's their own individual you know life and 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 you know even to make it all about them I think some somewhere along those lines it was really embarrassing beyond comprehension because for them it was more about the collective more about the community and community's needs and how they show up to play their part in the community. Not just selfishly about what they want individually and what they need. So I always think of that story and I always, you know, come back to our Western model of this perpetuation on the individualism that sometimes doesn't go well down too well. And what you spoke to is kind of reminded me of that. Yes, it's the, the ultimately it's the co-creation. We are in this together as a collective, which is which sometimes doesn't feel like a lot of people are really lonely and alone sometimes. But um, that's what it is. We are here together. And I like that you said, don't take it all on your shoulders. It's not always your fault or it's not your responsibility. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that makes life a lot lighter, right? And there's also a great gift, you know, in individualism that we have, but it's also, you know, recognizing when we swing too far um, on the side of individualism and kind of coming back to interdependence, right? So I can really be the unique individual that I am and also to be part of a community. Um, and I think we want and need both. Um, yeah. To really live a fulfilling life. Yeah. Amazing. Beautiful. Sunnet, uh, lastly, what are your projects? What are you working on uh, apart from your book? Um, what are the things that you'd like to share? We'll add your links and your how, how our listeners can connect with you in the show notes. But is there anything that you want to shout out? Yeah, so at the moment, I'm really focused on writing my book and um, creating art and working more privately with clients, uh, psilocybin sessions. And yeah, so that's what I'm really focused on now. Um, yeah, if people are curious, you can also just go to my website. I also regularly create like guided meditations and uh, share a lot of my writing and different things. So just find me on my website, uh, sanahart.com, or just on Instagram, or I also have a YouTube channel. Just You can just find me under Sanahart. And yeah, if you really want to stay up to date to anything that I'm doing, you can just also sign up for my newsletter. And once in a while, I also do uh, different live events and things like that. Um, yeah, and I also have some spaces once in a while opening up to work one-on-one. Um, but of course, the spaces are limited too. Um, but yeah, so yeah, if you just want to follow the journey in the process, uh, you can just find me in those places. And um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, really appreciate your insights as always. And uh, yeah, all the best. I'm sure we'll have you back soon. And uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Uh, As always, you can comment, share, and reach out. Don't be shy. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye for now. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Psychedelic Conversations podcast is designed to educate, inform and expand awareness. For more information, please head over to psychedelicconversations.com. You can also share with your friends or leave a review so that we can reach more people. You can also join us in our private Facebook group to keep the conversation going. This show is for information purposes only and it is not intended to provide mental health or medical advice. Thanks for listening.